When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New Extra Charge Hot and Iced Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with Snackable Stuff Bagel Minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I am Phil Sams. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we got a special interview with Melissa Cummings. She is the host of a new podcast called A Haunted Ride. We talk about a wide variety of topics, and the podcast went a little bit longer than I liked, but it was well worth it. We talk about her abilities as a medium. We talk about why she wanted to start a podcast, and she really wants to help people and build a community, and I think it's a great thing, and I want to help her build that community so she can help anybody that needs it. She wants to share their stories on her podcast, similar to me. And I think it's a great thing, and I really want to help her out, and I really enjoy talking to her. We talked everything about her abilities as an empath and a medium to how a house can amplify existing issues in a person, which listening to her podcast brought me to that conclusion. I mean, that's just one thing I took away. Some of the issues in my life might have been amplified by the fact that I lived in a house with activity. So... I really think you're going to enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a comment, let us know how you how we're doing, what you think. If you have a story you want to tell, I will be more than happy to share it on my podcast. Let's go ahead and check out the conversation I had with Melissa. Welcome to Ghost in the Nights, a Hauntings and Paranormal podcast. Today we have a special guest. We have Melissa Cummings, a podcast host, and her podcast is called the Haunted Ride. Melissa, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I always enjoy talking to people who have pretty much the same interests that I have and have expressed an interest in coming on the show and sharing their story. Yeah. Okay, so let's kind of get into what actually prompted you to start the podcast. Go ahead and explain to the listeners your experiences with starting a podcast and why you wanted to do it. So I had supernatural experiences since I was a kid. I lived in a haunted house. Um, it spread out from that to not just the house of haunted, but I seem to be a haunted person where I can talk with spirits, spirits talk to me, uh, if I happen to be a haunted location. And they, they will come right out to me right away. It's not a, they, they don't hide from me. And I don't seem to be able to hide from them. So, uh, the supernatural has just been a really big part of my life. And I tried to sort of hide from it a little bit. I was really cautious with it. And finally, I just accepted the fact that this is my life. And this is what's going to happen in my life. And I decided to do something about it and try to open the platform for people to share their stories with me. And so I started the podcast in October. It's so new, a little newbie. Um, but I share my experiences on there and I look for people to share their experiences too because the supernatural is, it can be scary. And unless you share those experiences and you have someone to talk to, you're kind of running blind. Right. You know, that is... You know, people, you know, really, they want to talk about this stuff, but they're afraid to, you know, talk about for, because, you know, the weird looks or the judgment that 
is placed on them and it's hard to get people to open up because I've had people kind of look at me funny when I talk about my experiences and I'm sure you have as well, especially, you know, for people who don't aren't familiar with you, you do have some special abilities. You are an empath, you can sense them and you're also a medium. You can actually physically see a spirit around you. And I imagine when people kind of hear that, they kind of go, oh, cuckoo. I'm going to go right, you know. So what have been kind of your experiences with people accepting your ability and have you had any negative experiences or people kind of really really kind of look at you crazy and say you're wacko? Yeah, my parents. (laughs) Oh, that's always good. Yeah, I mean, we, my mom, it it was my mom, my grandma, and I, how my grandmother was uh, at least sensitive to mm-hmm. the spirits. I don't really know if she was psychic, but I know that she knew something was there. And I think my mom and her own little underlying way knew something was there, but my mom was very, this is a no-no, I don't want anything to do with it, I don't want you to have anything to do with it, and I'm just going to ignore it, and if I ignore it, it's not there. So then when I started telling her, well, I'm seeing us, I'm seeing us, I'm strange, this is something happening, you know, I've got bruises, or, or this or that, she just Denied the whole thing. She right. denied the whole thing. She ignored the whole thing. She would tell me that I was, she even told me I was being nuts one day. Hmm. So I, I learned very quickly to not open up about those things, which was made it even harder because I'm growing up in this situation. I don't anything. There were periods of time where I even thought I was crazy. If you hear voices at 11 o'clock at night, I mean, Back then, all the movies, what did they say? You hear voices, you, you know, schizophrenia was a big thing, and, and they're making it seem like if you have this one little thing, everything's wrong with you. Everything's bad with you. You're not going to go to mental hospital, whatever. And I, I, I got really scared. I thought there was something really wrong with me, and it took me, I was lucky where the haunting shows started coming out, a haunting, uh, my haunted house, those things, and I would watch them, and I clung to the so much because when people would share their experiences, I was like, oh, my God, that's what's happening. That's what happens. Right. And, and, wait, like, this is normal? Like, this, this actually happens to people? Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever felt like I, I wasn't that. Right. Yeah, I mean, those. that's the one good thing about kind of the uh, paranormal nowadays, you know, since, you know, what, 2004? You know, it's been pretty much, it's been on television, you know, nonstop pretty much every week since that time. And it's kind of, I don't want to say it's kind of lightened the mood around paranormal or made it more acceptable, but you really get the sense that there are other, you're not the only one having issues. To where when I was a kid, you know, I was fortunate fortunate enough for my family was somewhat, you know, modern thinking. They, They understood. Because I wasn't the only one, you know, so I never had to fight that, you know, my parents thinking I was crazy for the mere fact mm-hmm. of they believed it. They weren't, you know, over the top, but they understood that there is something out there and there is a spirit world. And, you know, so they accepted it. And But other kids in my generation, we didn't have that. It, you know, we were mm-hmm. they, people thought they probably even started thinking they were a little crazy. But to where mm-hmm. in today's society, it's a little bit more accepted and it's easier with the television and the internet to know you're not alone. And hopefully that'll let people kind of express their um, experiences a little bit freer. Yeah. And that's, that's what's important is just that you're not alone. Right. I mean, you said it perfectly. It, it's, that was the scariest part is thinking that you're alone. Right. So like I went through that, I felt that, I knew how, how that felt, and that even made it harder for me to open up about that at first. Then they can go want to be like, I don't want this in my life. Right. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. Right, exactly. Um, how old were you? I know I'm, in your podcast, um, I don't believe, I think it was the second one, maybe, the whole cat story. Now, was that your, fir- <laughs> was that your first paranormal experience that you actually remember? So here's actually a really funny thing about the cat story. So now that I live in my own house with my, my mother, who's in her own house, 
she's been a little bit more open about talking to the doctor. Apparently, when I was a baby, I would get very uh, weird around certain people. Hmm. Or I was one of those kids who I would stare off in the distance and point at something or laugh. And uh, one story she told me literally about a month ago. And I was like, what if you, what if you knew this? Why, why did you spend the whole time in denial? Uh, I was apparently two. Mm-hmm. And I was very, I was a very late talker when I was two years old. I, I, I wouldn't really say many words. Uh, I wouldn't really say much of anything. I was just really quiet, but I would always stare off into the distance. Right. And we've gone to the St. Augustine uh, Fort. And we, uh, we were outside of the fort at the time. But I was staring at the fort. And I started talking, like just like jumbling in my little like babble talk. And my buddy and my grandma looked at one another because we were like, she doesn't do this. She especially doesn't do it unless she's talking to something. Like, but there's no one there. There's no one around for me to be talking to. Right. So I, I started switching from babbling to actually saying words. And they were like, what is going on? And so I think my grandmother, who obviously was way more in tune, uh, said to me, what, what are, or who are you talking to? And I said, the man. And she's like, honey, that man. I said, he's right, like, like, he's there. And I was pointing. And, and I was trying to talk. I like, he's right there. And my grandmother and my mom basically looked at one and she's like, no one's there. And my grandmother told my mother, she's talking to something. And my grandmother had enough foresight to say, oh, whatever it is, goodbye. We're going now. Right. And I said, bye-bye, and I waved goodbye, and I left. Now, we went back to that fort. We've been to fort three times, and out of the three times I've had experience. So that was when I was a toddler. Obviously, I don't remember that much. But the next time, I think I was probably like six years old, which I want to say that happened before the cat got to. And I remember we were on the tour, and I went to a particular spot. And I told my mom I didn't like that spot. I didn't like that room. And she was like, well, come on. I said, no, I don't want to do this tour anymore. And so she made me go through the rest of it, and I just felt horrible. And I, I could never remember why. But then when I went back again, we did this tour again because we were with someone, and I was older, and I, I knew that spot. And in the same spot, I saw this thing there, and it was basically like reenacting out how it wanted to get out. Like it wanted to get out and it couldn't. And, but, but it wasn't just on a repeat time loop or something like that. It, it actually was intelligent. Hmm. It was asking it and then it would follow you through the room, which is why I didn't want to continue on the tour. So at this point, I was lucky enough to be old enough to say, no, I'm not going. You guys have fun. I'll be out here. And I, I, my dad came out with me and he said, what's wrong? I said, there's something in there and I don't like it. And he said, where is like the room that we were in? And he said, okay, he's like, I'll see that. So I think, I think the four experiences probably actually the first experience I had. I just didn't really think too much about it. And then learning that every time I apparently went to four, I had another experience mm-hmm. was a huge mind blown thing for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, it ha- if I've always kind of wondered with people who had the ability to actually see ghosts or spirits or anything like that how do you kind of keep no how, losing the word here i don't want to say reality from fantasy but how do you i mean how do you separate okay i am talking to um joe from down the street and then right next to him is some spirit or in the background the spirit how do you kind of stay in tune with the now, I guess, would be an easier way to see it. Or does it get frustrating? Because you always see kind of these movies and stuff where people are talking to something and it's not there. I mean, not to make a joke of it, but how do you know what's... Is there a difference in in appearance from a spirit to a real person? I mean, how do you know the difference? Or how do you distinguish which is which? So everybody has different ways of how they feel spirits. I think um, 
psychic mediums, the sense of people, they sometimes feel the energy and not see things. For me, uh, it is more that I can distinguish it because with my eyes, I see a human being speak here. But it's almost like a second feeling that comes over you, and a lot of people will call it like your mind's eye, will see something else. And, And it's very, it's almost like people who see shapes in a cloud versus an airplane. Right. So, you know, you might see the tail, one person will see the tail of the airplane, and another person may have not seen it at all, but you going to that. Okay. Well, that's essentially what happens is the, is the cloud is the human being and the airplane is the spirit. You know, it's there, but you've just got to catch it quickly. Right. And, and if it wants you to talk with it, communicate with it, and share a message, It'll stay there long enough for you to talk with it. Uh, the the hardest part is making sure that it doesn't follow you. Right. Because I... sometimes spirits have been trying so hard for so long to communicate that when they find out that you can hear them and you can see that if you don't give them the time that they want and they need, they're going to try to take it because because they've been trying for so long. It's kind of like, it's it's really human in a way, you know, it's a desperation. Right. If you want to be heard, you can hear us, but I want to stay and help. Yeah, I can, you know, we have to carry some of that stuff, baggage, I hate to say, from our lives to our afterlives, just from the mere fact, human nature is human nature, and our consciousness Mm -hmm. makes up human nature. So if you're needy in life, you're probably going to want to be a little needy in the afterlife and really seek out that attention. I would, mm-hmm. I would think anyway, but I'm no expert. Um, what, what do you do? You do anything special to protect yourself to make sure you know when you're out and about and you go home, nothing comes with you. I mean, do you have certain rituals or practices or items that you carry that kind of make sure they stay at bay and you know, they know they're not welcome to come back home with you? Um. Yes. So I've had different things that I've done throughout my life. One of the things that's been constant is making what I call is a shield, mm-hmm. which essentially uh, a lot of people, if they're having a negative experience, um, a paranormal investigator or someone will tell them, envision yourself in a white light. I I don't necessarily envision myself in a white light. Basically what I do is I put a tone of energy around myself. Okay. And I typically do it more at nighttime um, because more, that's when darker things tend to come out. Sometimes it's also when, and I don't mean demonic, I think sometimes negative spirits. And also sometimes when general spirits will come up because they have a difficult time gathering the energy that they need to be able to show themselves during the daytime. Um, it's a little bit harder in, in my personal experience for them to be able to show themselves in daytime. If, they're, if they can show themselves in the daytime, they're stronger. Right, okay. So it's important to do it at nighttime, and it's also important to do it if you're a medium and you're not a um, because subconsciously, you're still sort of around, and sometimes spirits will try to get to you at that point and try to talk to you at that point, and that's how you have dreams and different meanings and different things like that. So I just position myself uh, surrounded by energy, which is my own energy, and, and I allow nothing to pass that energy field. So if I'm concerned that something's going to follow me home, then I will sit around myself and stay around my car. Okay. Or, but sometimes spirits will hit your ride. Right. <laughs> They'll do the same things you did in life. They'll hit your ride with you and, and come with you to your house. I don't, I don't want you there. The house is, my, and I also, my home, I picked it because of the energy that it has. So it has a very positive, very light energy. If anything ever comes here, it can only be positive. It's not negative. Right. So that, and then also my shields, or I actually had a crystal, um, and I had experience with that, which finally broke, which was a big because it was, I had that thing for years before it broke. Um, but I've had crystals. Uh, they work, but you also have to put a lot of energy into them. And I find that if you just do the shield, it's about the same amount of energy and it lasts a little bit longer. Um, the only difference is that a crystal, you can wear it. And so it's with you the whole time. Right. And so you don't have to really worry about 
putting up a shield. But you also have to take a crystal that is, um, you, you, if you go to go get a crystal, you don't just get a crystal that is, is, is for its property. You know, they say quartz does this or that or opal does this or that. You don't, you don't just get that. You have to connect with it. If you don't connect with it, it'll try to do what it can for you, but it's not going to do it 100%. Mm-hmm. So you have to do that shield, um, sometimes just lighting incense or sage or things like that. But for the most part, the one constant thing I've always relied on is just just my shield method. And also sometimes just telling the spirit, no, like you're not coming with me. And most spirits are very respectful. Um, in the cases where they decide not to be respectful, uh, because I've had uh, experience based in the haunted house that I was in sort of getting up spirit. I don't have a fear of that. So if they're ever not respectful, I'll, I will tell them no. Or I'll kind of do like a really quick cleansing kind of put them in their place and keep them wherever they are or help them move on very quickly and then leave. But I refuse to let anything come back with me. Although I have had one spirit try and she tried very hard. Really? And that was that was a very dangerous experience. Hmm. Now how old were you when you learned to kind of protect yourself and build this shield and who kind of pointed you in the right direction or is it just something you kind of read up on and figured out yourself? Um, so my grandmother was just cleansing weekly in the house and she taught me a lot about, she had her own specific rituals, I'm sorry, uh, that she would perform and she taught those to me and she would explain to me why. Uh, she also taught me tarot cards, divination tools and things like that. So she sort of tried to set me up as best as she could to protect me. Uh, with the shield, it was, I, I guess I just figured out that, you know, the whole light, envisioning yourself in light, I tried it, and I, I didn't feel like it worked 100% for me, because I felt like I had such a big light, that was what was attracting them to me. So I just said, okay, what can I do to dim it? And I was like, I know that I can't dim it myself, but if I could kind of hide it a little bit, then perhaps it was essentially as a people. And that's what the shield became was just hiding myself slightly. So yes, you know, outside of that bubble you can see me, I can see you, I can talk to you, but you can't get to me. You can't you can't hit your eye, you can't hurt me, you can't do anything like that. Like that's my that's my force field. And I've been doing it so long that it's very, very strong. I've had a couple of people who are sensitive and I think I was at school one day and something was going on and this person was standing really, really, really far back from me. And I was like, why are you all the way over there? And it's because your shield won't let me get any closer to you. Really? And I said, oh, yes. And and what was interesting was my shield was to keep out negative things or things that were student harm or just things that at that point in time I really don't want to deal with. Meaning, you know, a spirit popping along or something like that. So it's all based on, on uh, spirituality and also just trying to protect and, and defend myself as best as I can, no matter what's going on. What was strange was at that point in time, the, the woman who said this to me, she was coming to give me some bad news. So apparently, that's why she was part between that and the fact that she was also sensitive. I think that's why my shield was keeping her away from me, was because I knew that I wasn't going to like what she had to say. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I didn't, I had no idea that she was number that news. I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea at the time. But I guess something in me picked up on it and was like, you know, you're not coming any closer. Right. Yeah, that's you know, it's kind of funny how your subconscious can kind of work and know that there might be something there that you're not going to like and kind of before you even really realize it, that's that's interesting. It kind of makes sense, really, especially with people with abilities, I guess. Um, have you have you had any like I don't want to say have you come across some really really horrible spirits in your? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't want. Can you tell the difference between um like a demon and or just a 
for lack of a better word, a real asshole spirit? I mean, can you tell the difference? <laughs> yes. So I will, um, if it's okay with you, I can share two different stories and okay. hopefully it'll help with the difference. Okay. Um, my, so my, my stepfather, he, uh, this was actually before I even really knew him. It was an old family friend of my mother's that I'd never met and then they got back together and then things happened. And so this was going to be my first time meeting him. And for whatever reason, they also thought it was great day to do it at a funeral. Um, yeah, we, yeah it was very strange. <laughs> very strange. So we took a train to somewhere, then we went off from that, and, we went, it, and it was a couple of weeks away. So we had to stay at the person who died's house, which my mother knew that person. She's grown up with that person, so she's very emotional, very sad about it. So I'm now, at this point, surrounded by a bunch of people I don't know. I'm at a funeral. We lose the funeral. Um, and we go back to his house, and I feel very uncomfortable. But at that point, I can't tell why I feel uncomfortable, because I'm surrounded by people I don't know, but I also feel like there's something else there, and I can't, I can't figure out where it is, because people keep trying to talk to me, because they don't know me either, and I'm like, I cannot be able to follow you, and whatever is attempting to get my attention. So, essentially, I told whatever it was, just sort of mentally in my head, I will get with you, when it's quiet. And it sort of went away. So the, we were there for probably the weekend, so about three days. Um, and the next day, I guess, they were talking about how to divvy up things and who wanted what at a house. And finally, the thing showed itself to me. Well, lo and behold, I, the person had a closed casket. I did not know what they looked like besides the picture that was on little pamphlet that they held out. They didn't have his picture up on a, a display when he walked into the funeral. So when I saw him, I knew who it was. I was like, oh, this is your house. And the spirit said, essentially, yes. And so very short, very to the point, mind you, I've never got this person. <coughs> and essentially what he told me was, I don't want anyone taking anything out of my house. Like he was very clear on this is his house, these were his possessions. We didn't want anyone to touch them. And I said, well, I will do the best that I can, but your family is already in the process of trying to figure out who gets what. They can't keep this house here for you. And he said, certain people can take certain things, but other things they cannot have. So I went around the house with him to figure out what it was that he didn't want to take. Okay, fine. I... Can't really tell these people who I don't know not to give away stuff that is their relatives. I have no knowledge of, no relation to. I can't tell that. Right. So I essentially what I told the spirit was I would do what I could, and I would do the best as far as it came to my family that they would not take. We seem to be at a, an okay impasse with that, and he was still a real jerk about it. Right. So my mother decides she wants this table that has an attached plant, which was one of the things she said she didn't want anyone to have. And I told her, Mom, do not take that table home with you. And she wanted it. And we got in a huge fight about it. And I'm like, do not take the table. And she's like, why? I said, because they told you not to. Don't take the table. But, you know, I said, Nate, which was his name, doesn't want you to take the table, which, of course, she doesn't believe me, so she raised me off. I said, okay. I said, take the table, see what'll happen. Takes the table, brings it home. And I stayed with her, and I, when she went to the plug in the lamp, something told me to put a shield around her, so I did. The lamp essentially fried, electricity went everywhere, and she had gotten electrocuted. Wow. And I, she was completely, like, flabbergasted. She just had this huge look on her face. She still, even though she didn't get electrocuted, she still had the static electricity everywhere. I said, I told you not to take the table. Nate, you want anything, anyone to have things in his house that aren't related to him. And you are not related to him. And he specifically didn't want the table to leave. And she said, you saw me? I said, yes. I said, he's very possessive over his stuff. He's very possessive over especially certain things, and that table is one of them. You need to put it back or get it out of the house. So she got, she, we actually, we broke it down and we got it out of the house. I think we, uh, them did in the trash or something like that, so that way at least no one could have it. 
to at least somewhat respect his wishes. Right. And and he was just being a jerk. Versus, I, I had a, um, and I think I told this story in episode two, I had this weird black mask fog thing that would be in my closet. In mm-hmm. my closet when the doors was unhit. So every night before I went to bed, I saw this thing, it told me. <laughs> right. It was straight trying to go to sleep. And it was very dark, very oppressive, very negative. And one of the clearest ways to know between a demon and a negative spirit is they don't feel like they've ever been human. They don't feel like they've ever walked in a human form or anything like that. And and they have a certain amount of dread and almost like evilness is, is a feeling in a sense that comes, that comes off of them in weight. And it's very hard to be around those things. And this thing, I mean, it, I don't know why it was bound to the closet, but essentially couldn't leave the closet. But it, it very clearly let me know if I came near the closet, it was going to hurt. So one particular night, I, I didn't put up my shield. I didn't put on my, my lights in the room. And I was like, uh-oh. And it was almost 3 o'clock. So I quickly put on a shield. I, I quickly turned on the light uh, to try and help. And I, it I still felt like it was somewhere that I could figure out where. I was concerned it got out. I, I didn't really I didn't really know as much as I do now and, and I just I felt very odd in the room. But I kept feeling like I needed to get them in the closet, which I did, but I was like, I'm definitely not doing this during the time that you have the most power. <laughs> so I was gonna wait. So I waited until like four thirty. I went in to go get them in the closet and something like in me yelled at me to move. And I moved, and every shelf in the closet basically flew off of the wall and right into where I was standing. And it was the loudest day. The sun was an explosion. And it was actually every shelf, like, was pulled out of the wall and basically toppled in that one spot. Hmm. And if I would have stayed there any longer, I would have been underneath that. And some of the things were, you know, they dropped a whole bunch of stuff, and some of things, some shelves did have heavy stuff on them, yeah, but those shelves had been up there for years. So it wasn't like it was too heavy for them to come out, and it, or it was too heavy to, to force them to fall, or all three of them were pleasant. So that situation, a, a negative spirit is going to act big and bad, it's going to act like an asshole. It's going to do everything it can to bother you until you give it what it wants. But it also has certain limitations. So, like, yes, it can hurt you. But it, it has a boundary. Sort of like everybody has, like, a boundary that they don't cross. And so a negative spirit is still somewhat human. And it has a boundary for itself personally that it will not cross. A demon does not have that. They will do anything they can. They will manipulate you any way they can. Anyway, they can take fire from you, they will. And they just feel evil. Like, extremely evil. What it, a lot of people talk about how a demon will represent a child. I mean, have you found that in, you have to really, if you see or feel a entity that is younger, can you tell the difference whether it is a demon trying to represent or be a child to trick a human? Or do you even have a issue with trying to decipher the two? Um, when I was younger, yes. That I'm older now. It's kind of the same thing. When you're, if you're a little sensitive, you'll pick up on the spirit, or you may be able to see the spirit. But I kind of like to think of sensitivity as a weight. So if you're kind of more closer to like five. And it's two, something like that, you'll be able to see it. And and no matter what sensitivity level you are, I, I do feel like powerful spirits are able to show themselves to whoever they want to, whenever they want to, right. if they're powerful enough. And if you put yourself in that situation, meaning you're in the same location as the spirit, um, you can be a zero or, you know, a point, a negative point one. And if the spirit wants you to know it's there, they'll figure out a way to do it, even if it's knocking stuff off of the shelf. You can't see it, but it did something to get your attention to make you go, oh, uh, not 
when I hear poetry to like 90, um, you, spirits can sometimes try to deceive you, but it's sort of, uh, I sort of put sensitivity and intuition together. So something in me will tell you that this isn't right. This doesn't look how it's trying to. Uh, I did have a situation with a childless spirit who, it wasn't around for very long. I made it leave, but it did try to act like, oh, you know, it's great. And, and right off the bat, I was like, there's something wrong with you. I don't know what it is, but there's something wrong with you. And I, I had to really sit down and figure out what it was. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 you need to leave. Like, you're not staying in this house. And I got it to leave. But it, there are, you know, just like adult spirits. There are negative children. There are positive children. There are sometimes children who died in a negative way. And so they have more of a little bit of a uh, negative connotation. And they can be a little bit more mysterious and a little bit more scary. But they're not trying to hurt you. That's just the state that they got locked in. So they don't really know any better. But then there's like ones that it's it's just seeing behind the map. It's like you you're able to see that and feel that there's something more here. And then as you continue to kind of figure it out and figure it out, it it hits you. And then when it hits you, it hits you hard. And you're like, okay, got it. This makes sense. This makes sense for the reasons that you get it. I'm seeing. This makes sense for what's going on. This makes sense for what you're doing. And you can't be here. Right. Like you need to leave. I've had numerous times where in that house and even in other areas where I've had spirits that try to come in. So there was a portal in the closet that was allowing spirits to come through in and out. And then I found a second sort of portal that was trapping something. But there were also spirits who were attempting to come into the house. And there were numerous times where I would find them and catch them and be like, no, 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 you can't come in, you need to go. I don't care where you go, but you're not coming in here. And, you know, it, it was, that property was very supernatural and very active and very constantly active. And I, I sort of even feel like perhaps people who lived there later on didn't stay for too long, so I think that they, they felt it too a little bit or had similar situations happen. But it, you, Depending on your sensitivity level, basically, to answer your question, yes, you should be able to defer whether this child is a child or it is something else. Right. The same way that, like, if you if you meet someone, sometimes your spirit says this person's okay, and other times your spirit says it's not. If your spirit says it's not, you don't deal with that person. Now, this doesn't mean you don't have to be cordial or polite or, you know, have manners and respect towards a person, because you're a human being, but you still have a boundary up, and it's it's the same thing spiritually. You'll have a boundary up because there's something there's something not right. Right. Um, you know that's fascinating. I've always because somebody like me who I don't think I have any kind of ability. You know, it it'd be hard to, you know, because I've had some experiences where you know some children were kind of coming through on you know some kind of device or they were representing. And you know, it's almost impossible for me to kind of distinguish the two. You know, you. And I almost have to come to the conclusion that when it's a child or it seems like a child is trying to interact with you, you almost have I almost have to kind of just assume the worst from the, from the get-go because I can't really, you know, you do get a, I've always felt that, you know, you get a heavy feeling and you, your, your gut, mm-hmm. your intuition will tell you, you have to rely on your gut essentially. And if mm-hmm. you think it's going, you know, it's misrepresenting itself, then just go ahead and run with it and, you know, try to calm down the situation or get away from the situation as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. So one thing you did discuss in your podcast that I wanted to get to before we wrap it up is the concept. You basically talked about how your upbringing or you had some bad experiences in your upbringing, not upbringing, not necessarily paranormal, but you know, without getting too much into that, but do you think that the house itself maybe amplified that negative 
energy or negative experience or maybe even cause some of that negative experience in your younger years? Yes, I do. Um, because when we left the house, even myself, I was in a very deep depression. I did not think that I needed to be on this planet anymore. And I had uh, attempted certain things. And that's not typically my personality. Mm -hmm. uh, now, with the things that were going on, um, it's understandable why I felt that way. But still, that was not, like when I was a child, that, would, that wasn't the personality that I had. When I got older, it shouldn't have been the personality that I had. It was, I felt lost, like I had lost part of myself. Right. And it was difficult because everyone was in a very negative uh, emotional place. And there were a lot of physical things that were going on that should not happen. And um, I think that every single person somehow got affected because when we left that house, a lot of those behaviors stopped. Even, I, I was still depressed. I mean, what happened happened. I was still taking a very long time to get over. But I never tried anything again. I never, um, I, I started getting better as a person. And I think that that house, and essentially I was in that house for almost 15 years right. of my life. I grew up in that house. You know, I did everything in that house. And, and on top of that, I'm an introvert, so I was home all the time. Right. So it wasn't even like I really tried to get out of the house. So, and, and then with the, the paranormal things going on, they were all happening to me because I was the sensitive one and I was the one who could see them and I was the one who could communicate with them and then I essentially took it upon myself to try to protect my family. Right. Well, being, you know, at the time, 13, 14, 15 years old, that's a lot. Right. And so it just, it, that, that, I think that house as a whole um, made everything, it amplified all negative activities. And once we left, I think it did get better. Um, but it, it is good to see. I, I don't think that, I don't think it forced anyone into anything. Mm -hmm. I think people had those kind of connotations in the back of their head. And then as they continued to live in those house, those connotations became a reality. Right. It almost but I don't think it, it, it almost kind of, kind of like it magnified it a little bit, whatever yeah. issue they had or anybody had in that house, it kind of just amplified it and, brought it out even that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've always kind of wondered that, you know, my childhood coming up, I, I've had experiences pretty much all my life. But when my life kind of went to, or I should say my home life kind of went to shit, it was in one particular house where we lived for, I want to say, I, was, I don't know exactly how long we lived there. We owned the house for years, but we only probably lived there five years but that mm -hmm. in that five-year period up until the time they sold it was when pretty much everything went downhill mm -hmm. and i always i never really actually listening to your podcast when you were kind of talking about the negativity in the house and how it kind of amplified it and i made me think well okay that house i had some weird experiences the people have listened to my podcast like the slamming door episode was in that particular house there was something in that house that was, I don't, I don't, it was good, whatever it was. And that, I always, I didn't really make that, you know, leap or that connection that maybe that just amplified my father's issues that much worse, made it that much worse and kind of caused the, or made it worse and led to eventually what happened in my home. You know, I never really made that. That you listening to your podcast kind of sparked that in my mind. I never really made that connection before. I just thought he was an asshole and the house was haunted, you know, kind of thing. That that was my for the past thirty some odd years. That was kind of my thinking of the situation. But you know, that's one thing I took away from the podcast is maybe he was an asshole, but that he just became a bigger asshole at that particular yeah. location. You know, and I'm happy my podcast could offer something to you that that. But a humongous smile on my face. Although I'm sorry for your father, but 
I'm I'm so happy it could help that a little bit. And I think that's pretty much what you want this your podcast to be about. It's pretty much what I want. My, you want people to learn and answer, maybe hopefully answer some questions and make things a little bit easier to deal with. Because it can be so stressful to be on that island you feel like when you're having an experience. You know, even today yeah. in my current home when I have an experience, you know, it's kind of, it's not scary in the sense that, ooh, I'm spooked out horror movie style. It's that I'm alone having this experience. and. I don't. I do have people I can talk to about it, but in the moment that it's happening, I don't. You know, that's not what's coming to your, the forefront of your brain. You're thinking you're alone. You're with something that you don't know. I mean, that is what I want my podcast to be about, and that's kind of what you want your podcast to be about: helping people, building a community, and trying to answer some questions in this crazy world of the paranormal. Yeah, because I mean. Essentially, all of us are advocates for this. We're all advocates for trying to help people. It's just like, and with my podcast, I was actually really surprised because, you know, telling your own stories seems a little awkward. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it took me, I still, every time before I start an episode, I've got to take deep breaths, and I have to do a lot of deep breathing even during the episode and edit all of that out because, these experiences that happen to me, um, a lot of them are negative. Right. I mean, yeah, I've got, I had a, I had a handful of positive experiences, but you had a portal in the closet. And then I found a mirror portal in another one. So it, there wasn't good things going, don't use them. Right. <laughs> it's really just the bad guys policing them and then they let in, whatever they let in and let it get out. Like it's rare that you've got pure goodness coming in from a portal. And so, you know, I, I have to sometimes take a second because those experiences were scary and they, they left a lasting effect on me. The fact that I can remember them, you know, 10 years later is a huge, a huge thing. Right. I mean, most people can't remember what they had for breakfast a week ago. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a it's a lasting impression, and if you can't share those things with people, if you can't share it with anyone, it's it's, it's a huge weight on you. Right. Having this podcast and being able to tell my stories is actually even therapeutic for me in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've kind of I feel better about some of this, and I've only actually told I'm trying to think one story from my past. I've kind of held on to a, some of my stuff just for the mere fact of there's other things I want to talk about. And some of the stories, I actually need to bring other people on to tell the story from when I was real young. So I kind of haven't really shared a lot of my experiences. I just kind of shared the one, just for the mere fact, it was probably the most terrifying one that I had up to my, mm-hmm. even up to that point and even up to this point in my life. You know, I've never been scared like I was in that particular story. But, you know, it's it's weird sharing your stories to but essentially, when you're doing a podcast, sharing it to yourself, you know, into a microphone or into the computer, however you do it, you know, it's kind of awkward. And I know my podcast, especially when I share my story, that one episode where I sh- shared my story, I think it was a 30-minute podcast, maybe 20-minute podcast, somewhere in that range. It took like an hour and a half to do just to kind of mm-hmm. record it because, you know, I didn't know what to say, how to, because what I remember it is how it remember it happened. You know, it's hard to go back to that situation and focus and tell the story the way you remember it. It's almost impossible when you're doing it by yourself. Now, if you're telling it to somebody, you know, that's standing in front of you having a conversation, it's much easier. So, you know, I give, I give props to people who share their experiences on a podcast by themselves to just not for the mere fact it's hard to do, but it's opening yourself up to anybody that's listening. And that, is hard to do because we're all afraid to be criticized in some way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. So I know I've subscribed to your podcast through iTunes. Where else can people find your podcast? What other platforms is, are you on? Uh, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Music, um, 
we have a general hosting thing, tune in. And then obviously we've got the Facebook and the Twitter page and we also have a YouTube that I am actively working on because much like you said, sharing these stories is difficult. And I'm trying to make it visually appealing. Right. You know, <laughs> it's even harder. You know, it's doing a podcast is easier than you know the YouTube thing because you know now we just have a sound medium to go through. Now you gotta add pictures to it. It's a whole whole nother issue. I try to do like I, I try to do the podcast on video too. And it's a nightmare. That's why I'm running. I run a week behind on the videos from the podcast. I've been the last Tuesday's episode still isn't even up on YouTube yet because you know it's just a pain in the ass to get done. Um. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't subscribed to uh, her podcast, you can find it haunted the haunted ride. Go check it out. Subscribe to it. Give her some love, and be sure to interact and tell her your ghost stories if you have any. Uh, experiences you want to share i know you can go through the what's the name of your website thehauntedride.com and there is a send us your ghost story link or you can even email thehauntedride at gmail.com and we'll get it on the show all righty thank you so much melissa for being on the podcast i hope people get in touch with you to share their story just for the mere fact that it makes people feel better to talk about it essentially and any help that you can give i'm sure they'll appreciate it and you will have a fan for life Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Have a great one. You too. All right. There you have it. That was my conversation with Melissa. I really enjoyed the time. Thank you for sticking around and listening to the whole podcast. Be sure to look for the video version of the podcast on YouTube. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at night underscore ghost. You can follow us on our Instagram page at ghost underscore night underscore podcast. And always, there's a Facebook at Ghost in the Night Podcast. Until next week, thanks for sticking around. Thank you for showing me your support by listening to this podcast, by subscribing to the YouTube channel. This is why we do it, to help people like yourselves that have issues with paranormal and who are just interested in the paranormal. So until next week, we'll talk to you later. Take care. The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with a ring-tailed lemur from Progressive. Or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. News 4, working for you today at 4. Bitcoin investors are making millions. So what is it? And how can you cash in? We're working for you, unraveling the mystery of this cryptocurrency. What you need to know before you buy in. Plus, Pad Lawson News, Leon Harris, and Sean Yancey catch you up on the day's biggest stories. And Storm Team 4 Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer helps you plan for the next 10 days. Working for you, today on News 4 at 4 on NBC4. 